0: Bible Fellowship Bible Instruction Time. We now turn you over to our speaker for the day. We're right, happy to return the rest of our teaching time over to you. Brother Frankie Gomez. All right. Good morning. Now, uh, last week, um, Brother Don said I have to give a Christmas message, so that's what <laughs> we're going to be doing. Um, So um, Frankie read um, the main part, that Luke um, chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. Um, In studying the gospel of Luke and looking at this, this, really it's a preface, it's the introduction to his gospel. Um, It goes um, through chapter 2 and all the way to the end of chapter 2 in verse 52, and then we really see... Uh, the beginning of the gospel starts in chapter 3. In these first two chapters, um, I remember um, reading um, a commentary on the gospel of Luke by um, David Gooding. And he broke it down into 10 stories. 10 stories here in these first two chapters. Um, you have story 1 and story 10 stand by themselves. And then 2 and 3 4 and 5, 6 and 7, and 8 and 9 go together. Um, they're, they're in couplets. Um, story 1 would be chapter 1 um, to verse 25, and that's Zechariah in the temple. Story 2 then skips to Mary, that we leave Zechariah, and that's why story 1 is on its own. And chapter 2 is that annunciation to Mary from the angel Gabriel. Story three is still Mary, her visit to Elizabeth. Um, Stories four and five concern John the Baptist. Um, The birth and naming of John. And then we get 23 verses of um, Zechariah's prophecy. Uh, the, The prophecy that he gives concerning the son that was born to him, John the Baptist, and the Messiah. And then in story six, we have the what we read today, this morning, what Frankie read is story six and seven, the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, and the angel directing the shepherds to the manger. Um, story eight and nine are the two prophecies there, when Um, Jesus is brought to the temple as a baby. Um, Simeon's prophecy and Anna's prophecy. And then story 10 is the boy Jesus in the temple when he's about 12 years old. Um, The stories get separated by some lengths of time. The couplets, there's no length of time in between those stories. They're one after the other. Um, But the, the couplets and those stories that are separated... There's a length of time from story one to story two and three is five months time Um, from the time that Zechariah is in the temple and gets the message about John. Five months later is that annunciation to Mary. Then after story three, after the visit to Elizabeth, um, there's three months until John is born. At the end of that story in verse 80 of um, chapter one, it goes forward through John's ministry in verse 80. It just gives us um, a little synopsis. And chapter one and verse 80 it says, and the child grew, speaking of John the Baptist, the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. It goes forward until John starts preaching As the forerunner to the Messiah. And then chapter 2 goes back. To then when Jesus was born. After story 7 ends. There's the 7 days. um, In verse 21. And then verse 22. Jumps forward another 32 days. And then obviously after. Story nine ends with that, um, with Anna's prophecy. We jump forward about 12 years to to story 10, when Jesus comes as a 12 or 13 year old to the temple. Um, And then after story 10, we know this is really a preface, an introduction, because after that story is over at the end of chapter two, we jump forward about 18 years in time when Luke really starts the gospel um, in chapter 3. I think one thing that I learned going through these stories 1 in 10, and why are they included um, out of all of what happened concerning the birth of John the Baptist, why the unbelief of Zechariah in the temple, why the old man serving in the temple, Of all the stories of Jesus' childhood, why this one, when he so disappointed his mother and father, um, why why that one? Um, I think it's interesting, that first story, there's an old man in the temple going through the traditions and surprised by a message of impending parenthood. It's story 10. It's a young boy in the temple doing something that's never been done before. And surprises his mother with his supernatural parenthood, his knowledge of his supernatural parenthood. Remember, Mary says, you've worried. You've worried your mother and father. You've worried your mother and father. And Jesus responds, a 12, 13-year-old Jesus responds, what, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? Obviously speaking to his supernatural father, his, uh, God the Father. Also, think about the two two things needed in, in our redemption, the story of our redemption. Uh, the, what made what made the angel's message to Zachariah is so unbelievable is that those processes that go into having a child in, in himself and in his wife, those processes were dead. It, it it couldn't happen because because death, because time takes those things away and kills those things off in our bodies. And there was a miracle of regeneration, a miracle of bringing back something that was dead and making it alive again. And now his wife is with child and is going to have a son. And then with the story of Jesus and and being the son of God and being God the son. It's more than just regeneration and rebirth. It's a new creation. It's something new that had never been done before. Our salvation, yes, is restoring nature, but it's also something new. It's also something new. Um, So we're going to focus on that story six and seven. Yeah. In in chapter two, Um, but stories one through five is like, and reading stories one through five, it's like that excitement before the sun rises. Um, I remember in, in, my house Christmas morning, growing up as a kid, um, there was like a swinging door that from the hallway where our bedrooms were, there was a swinging door with kind of windows in it. And we could see the living room. We could see the presents in the morning. Um, and, you know, my dad would always put like some sort of like stopper at the top. It wasn't a traditional lock, but he would make it so that we couldn't open the door without him because he was taller than us. And, Um, We would be just stuck at that door waiting, just waiting. And that's um, reading stories one through five. That's what it is. It's just like stuck at the door, waiting, waiting for the sun to rise, waiting for the alarm to go off, waiting, as we considered for that right time, for that ordained time when the Savior would come, when Messiah would come. And then you get to story six in chapter two and the sun rises um, so as we look at these two stories, I want us to consider it that way. Um, you know, stories four and five told of the birth, the naming, and the circumcision of the forerunner of John the Baptist. That the first prophet in Israel in over in 400 years. And we consider that timing, right? That why, were, why, why was Israel so waiting the Messiah and so ready to consider Messiah? 400 years since a prophet in Israel. 400 years since a word from God. And so many people in that vacuum of power and of influence, so many competing ideas about God had arisen and taken hold. You know, we have competing ideas here. There, was, there were two major parties, political Of religious parties in Israel, the Sadducees and the Pharisees trying vying for power, um, but both had a mind towards Messiah in different ways. Um, In stories six and seven, tell of that birth, the naming and circumcision of Messiah. Think of the what, what stressed the what stressed the parents. In the stories, what stressed Zachariah and Elizabeth was a break in family tradition, the naming of John. That was a break in family tradition. There was never a a boy named John in their family. And this was highly unheard of in that time to go with a different name that whatever that um, no one had ever been named in the family. The stress on the parents in story six and seven is the need to honor the family tradition. They had to go to Bethlehem. Um, they had to go to Bethlehem. Think about um, the importance of the Messiah being born in Bethlehem and why the Messiah had to be born in Bethlehem. Um, at the, the Messiah being the son of David, the heir to that covenant, was prophecy and it had to be fulfilled. Um, you know, thinking of the Bethlehem story um, and the way that Luke sets up the Bethlehem story in chapter 2, um, think of the happenstance. And the way he explains that it happens is this is just this uh, totally out of Mary and Joseph's control. It came to pass. It just happened to them in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus, that the emperor of Rome involved in this scheme, the emperor of Rome, that all the world would be taxed. And in verse 3 it says, all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. Mary and and Joseph probably had never been to Bethlehem, Unless maybe they had like family reunions like, like we have today. And maybe uh, the family reunion would be in Bethlehem and they would all go. Um, but that was where his ancestors were from. Um, where his family originated from in Bethlehem. Again, out of, out of Mary and Joseph's control. But it, it, Remember, Luke's purpose is making a point to his reader... That these things actually happened. This is historical. Our gospel, our salvation, isn't based on timeless, universal truths expressed in myth, mythical stories and things like that. This is rooted in history. Um, it's a, the gospel is God's actual involvement in human history starting with with Abraham and his descendants, with David and his kingly line. It's every bit as real as a Roman emperor wanting his empire to be taxed, wanting his empire to be censused so that he could have a greater grip on his kingdom. That's why you have a census, right? You want to know where you want to know how to more effectively distribute resources to tighten your grip, particularly military resources, to tighten your grip on your empire. And yet God was using this desire that every emperor and every king has. Remember, David one time when he was king authorized many, a few sentences. When the Israelites were in the wilderness, they did a census. That's why it's called the book of Numbers. They numbered the people. Um, It's something that kingdoms and empires do, especially when they want to reallocate resources to tighten their grip. But yet God used this desire to bring about him that would be the eventual king of the world, heir to the earth. Uh, Mary and Joseph didn't do anything to arrange this birth in Bethlehem um, to fulfill the prophecy of Micah 5.2 that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem of Judea. Um, But it was that unknowing Roman emperor. And story six, that story of Mary and Joseph having to go to Bethlehem. Um, think about the stress that that would have been on Mary. Um, I think that's what makes story seven appeal so much to our heart. Um, you know, the be- it's the best known of all the nativity stories, and that was before the Charlie Brown Christmas special. That's why Linus knew it by heart, because it was very well known, even at that time, the story of the angels appearing to the shepherds and the shepherds going. Every manger scene has the shepherds. Some have the wise men and some don't. The wise men never went to the stable. They visited later when they were already in a house, but it's besides the point. But um, the, the nativity scene, it has shepherds. There are shepherds there. It's the most well-known part of the story. And think of just how it appeals to our hearts. You have these shepherds caring for their sheep. You see the mother caring for her baby. An angelic choir breaking into song through the darkness. Assuring humble, poor people that God cares for them. And with a shepherd's heart has chosen that his son would not be born in a palace. But in a stable and laid in a manger. It's poetic and historic. It's symbolic um, and real life. Um, both stories emphasize, six and seven, emphasize the place, the city of David, Bethlehem. And like I said, story six tells us how he came to be born there, um, how it wasn't Mary and Joseph's idea to just specifically fulfill this prophecy for their baby. That their baby could be considered Messiah, but it was God working um, through the Roman Emperor. Um, story 7 explains how the shepherds knew to find him there. The angel told them. And Luke relates the effect of this whole thing, the effect of each thing. We see uh, something happen and then the effect of it. Um, and Frankie read the verses. An angel told the shepherds. An angel told them. Um, That's how they knew where to find him. As far as we know, the shepherds were the only ones who heard or saw the angels. And they go, they run and they visit the stable and they tell their story. They go off singing praises to God and we never hear of any of the shepherds again. The people in Bethlehem hear their story and they marvel. We never hear anything of the people in Bethlehem again. And then we're told Mary's reaction, Um, you know, that the the next stories and at the end of every story that Mary is involved in here in these first two chapters, it says it has similar language about Mary at the end of each of these couplets. Um, And it says in um, verse 19, but Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. She was storing all these things up, pondering them in her heart. And I want to think about the peace that the shepherd's visit must have given Mary. Um, And why she would want to store this up, the the shepherd's visit, so in her heart. Back in, in story two, she was given an angelic visitor who told her such great things. She would be bringing forth the Messiah, the very Son of God. This miraculous conception. That And I imagine it was her first child. she had never had a child before. And I know how carefully planned births are. Her husband, thankfully, she's betrothed to a carpenter, to a builder, right? And can build a, a, a nice private room for her to give birth to the Messiah in. She would have her team of people, her family, that would be with her alongside to help her through this process of giving birth to her first child. And then this evil Roman emperor tells her, her husband that they have to go to an unknown city where they have no family that they can stay with and she would have to and at best give birth in a public hotel and then they get there after a long journey they get there and there's no room in the hotel and they're given a stable ha- a halfway public place where anyone could walk by for her to give birth to the son of god how she must have wondered did we do something wrong am i doing this wrong would God really want this to happen this way? I'm giving birth to the son of God and I'm going to have to put him in a feeding trough. I must be doing something wrong. And then the shepherds show up. And, it, it just, and I know if you've, ever been, if you've ever thought that, like God has gone silent, told you to do something and you're out there doing it, and you're doing it the best you can, and everything's going wrong. And then something happens that lets you know God's been watching you the whole time and preparing all of this. What peace this must have brought Mary in the moment, given her peace for the rest of the upbringing of Jesus. That God has got this far more than I could ever. The, the the angels told the shepherds to go to Bethlehem god knew god knew that her baby was being born in a city that was foreign to her god knew and he was okay with it not just okay with it he was it, heaven was exploding with happiness that this was happening in Bethlehem it seemed to them like we see in in the first verses of luke chapter 2, that this was just happenstance. But it wasn't Augustus at all. It It wasn't the Roman emperor at all that had compelled them, but it was God's plan all along. And there were so many people in Bethlehem. David's kingly line was blessed with many, many, many people. There may have been other babies born in Bethlehem that night, but there was only one that was born in a barn. There was only one that would be laid in a feeding trough and wrapped in the ceremonial rags that they washed the sheep's with, the lambs with before presenting to the priest. That's the swaddling clothes. Is the it's the sheep? It's the 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 blankets and the towels that they use to wash off the sheep to show the priest that there's no blemish before sacrifice. That's the that's what would have been there in that manger for for baby sheep being born baby lambs right what a again we could talk about that picture um, that the lord was setting up but the angel gave them a sign for that too he didn't just say the city of david you'll find the baby wrapped in those swaddling clothes not lying in a in a in a bassinet or in a crib but lying in a manger it must have been so distressing Before the shepherds came for Mary to put the Son of God, this baby, in a feeding trough. How distressing. And again, we had to have done this wrong. Mary could never have foreseen that at Gabriel's first message to her. But now she knew. The angels were glad to use that as a sign for shepherds. And it must have been the great shepherd that guided her and Joseph every step and every choice that they had made of that stressful journey that led her to having her baby in a manger. And all was well in God's plan for peace on earth. And the responsibility for shepherding this son, for for guiding this baby that she had, was in hands that were higher than her own giving her peace. And God's purposes and plans like this are still going on in the world and we wonder, we wonder, oh, is our, is our country going the wrong way? Is the world going the wrong way? God says it's going the way it's supposed to, to bring about eventual peace. God says, fear not, glad tidings peace on earth that peace comes from the child that was born the lord jesus and how lived his life we see that in obedience to his father's will to the death of the on the cross and that sacrifice honored him rising from the dead And now he sits at the right hand of God, the right hand of the Father, as a mediator, intermediator, mediator between us and God. So that we can have peace in our hearts. Just as Mary had peace in those stressful circumstances, we can have peace in our stressful circumstances, knowing that God is taking care of everything. Even if it looks crazy and things are going the wrong way in our in our eyes, and this can't be right, God wants us to have peace, and we can have that peace because of the child that was born. Right. Let's close in a word of prayer. Our God and our Father, we thank you. Um, We thank you that we still have a message amid the chaos of this world of peace on earth. Goodwill to men. The Lord Jesus came at the perfect time. At a time when the message could reach the rest of the world in a way um, that you wanted it to reach them. And continue 2,000 years later now with people still hearing that message of peace. Um, first and foremost, that we could have peace in our hearts and a relationship with our Creator, a relationship with You, because we can have sins forgiven that would be in the way, um, that we could have um, our wrong ideas just taken away and out of our heads about You, and a knowledge that You love us, Lord, you gave Your Son to die on the cross for our sins. Um, Lord, we thank You for this message of peace that we can continue to bring to the people around us um, and peace that came um, to this earth um, in a manger, in, in a stable, in, the, in a way um, that shows, um, that shows that humble, Um, But yet, amazing love um, that you have for us. Um, We pray that you would give us opportunity with our families and friends this time of year to show that peace in our lives, um, to show the joy and the happiness that comes with knowing a Savior, um, with knowing the Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray now that um, you would take us back to our homes in safety and back to our holiday plans, our Christmas plans, Um, and again, Lord, we just pray that that we would be um, a light in those gatherings that we find ourselves in, um, that people would um, just see the joy that we have um, and give us opportunity to share uh, the gospel with them, and we pray these things and thank you for these things in Jesus' name, amen.